Jake, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Denham. It's always good to be back. Did you hear the news today? Oh, the new, yeah, actually, I did. The Melbourne Childcare Centre's angered parents after replacing Santa with an environmentally friendly pirate. Yeah, that, that was great news. But did you hear about the bison? What, what happened with the bison? The bison, the biggest head in the Australian cricket team. Oh, Mitch Marsh? Yeah, Mitch Marsh is on Grab Some People. Holy dooly. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Grab Some People interview special. Today we're joined by a man who's one of the most hardworking and resilient cricketers in Australia and will be leading the Perth Scorchers for BBL 9, hopefully back to the finals and the promised land. A genuine all-round package who can bat, bowl, field, play guitar, surf and kick a Sharon, along with two test centuries. Excited to be joined by the Bison, Mitch Mars. Mitch, thanks for joining us, mate. Boys, thanks for having me. Fair wrap, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the package. That's a, right, potentially a new nickname alongside the Bison. Um, mate, you're currently recovering at the moment with a broken hand from an incident at the Wacker. How's the hand coming along and uh, which game can we uh, see you first feature for the Scorchers? Uh, yeah, look, the hand's coming along really well. Um, it's been a long process, probably a lot longer than I um, I thought and yep. would have liked, but um, yeah, I'm um, sort of back into full training now and um, yeah, should be, um, all things go to plan the next few days, I should be fully fit for the first game of Big Bash um, against the Sydney Sixers on the 18th, so I'm pretty pumped to be uh, getting back into some cricket. Bloody oath, and uh, it happens to the best of us, mate, walking off um, into the dressing room, I tell you. <laughs> Now, we're both massive fans of, you, of your work uh, from the Dylan Friends universe. Uh, and word on the street up there is you haven't taken your Dylan Friends T-shirt off for about three weeks. Can I ask what exactly is going on there and if you're wearing it right now? Uh, I'm not wearing it right now. I, uh, I wore it to a, uh, a bike session yesterday or last night yep. um, just to give him, give him another plug. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually, um, actually just a decent T-shirt, to be honest, nice and long. <laughs> big and fitting and kind of loose and it's good for the summer you know not too tight beautiful it's great and it's mid heat wave over there isn't it so it is boiling yeah it's absolutely boiling um, <laughs> it's about 40 degrees at the moment I've just been for a, we had trained this morning been for a quick dip and uh, home in the air con watching the cricket so. fantastic <laughs> yeah alright so let's talk a bit of Big Bash Mitch um, the Scorchers yep. obviously kick off their season in uh, game 2 which we're, we're up that you're hoping to be available for there um, but we've seen the photos online of the air quality up there in, in Sydney. Um, have you guys been giving yeah. an update on, yeah, what's going on there and uh, will they will that game go ahead? Yeah, nothing's been spoken about at this stage. Um, it's probably a good question, something that um, we'll probably get asked. I'm sure that yep. um, you know, the people that uh, make those decisions will be having those discussions. But, um, yeah, look, we're playing anything, really. I'm just, well, for me personally, I'll, yep. I'll be playing anything. I just want to get back playing cricket. But, um, yeah, I'm sure... The decision will be made, but um, yeah, hopefully things can, uh, can clear up and obviously the fires and stuff can get under control. It's been pretty sad to watch. Good stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, apparently it's like, if in Sydney, it's like smoking 30 to 40 cigarettes a day or something. That's what the air pollution's like. So I guess you'll just be feeling like how Shane Warne was for most of his career. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of cheeky darts in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so with your brother finding himself out of the Australian international setup at present this is sort of really the first year that he would have been available f- throughout the bulk of the big bash and he's made the decision to shift over to the renegades so uh 
Were there a few terse words over dinner or do you guys just leave work at work? Yeah, look, I'd be lying if I said it didn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, very weird playing against him. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it does hurt. But, um, you know, he's got a family to look after, so good on him. But uh, he'll be shouting the uh, beers at Christmas, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so did he give you a reason or is it just – you think it's just uh, good to look after number one? Well, I think, yeah, the Renegades obviously offered him three years. Yeah. Um, and his age, 36, that's probably a deal that he couldn't turn down. So, yeah, hopefully he scores a duck against us. He can make runs against everyone else. But, yeah. Circle that one on the calendar. Um, yeah, look, there's been a few injuries as well as the turnover uh, with the Perth squad this year, but that gives the likes of um, like Matt Kelly uh, the opportunity to kind of make a leap. But you've also got a few big additions. Fuzzy Ahmed coming across from Sydney. Um, along with Fazouard. <laughs> and uh, Chris Jordan and Liam Livingston as well, the new international yep. signings. Um are you confident in the squad? And do you reckon there's a little bit of a Rocky-type underdog story brewing here with the boys, this big bash? Well, I think, um, yeah, our, our overseas signings are really exciting. Um, and we know Chris Jordan's a, been a, like a world-class short-format bowler for a long period of time now. And um, Liam Livingston's probably a little bit unknown when it mm. comes to um, Australians and, and big bash. So I'm really hoping he's going to be an exciting package for us. I watched him back today in the practice game and, um, G goes pretty hard, so that's going to be really exciting. Cool. I think um, you think about all the successful years that we've had as the Scorchers. Every year we get written off. Um, this year is mm. probably no different in the fact that we haven't got any real big name stars of the tournament and no big name overseas players. But that's exactly how we like it. We pride ourselves on you know, work ethic, hard work, um, and enjoying you know, the big bash. And um, yeah, nothing. It'll be nothing different this year. We know that. Last year didn't quite go to plan for us, so we're all pretty hungry to to do well. But um, yeah, I think we're I'm, we're right where I want us. No one's backing us. Everyone's written us off already, and uh, I like it that way. Um, and you obviously yourself batted at five in the sort of around the middle order last year. With you mentioned Liam Livingston coming in as a middle order bat, is that going to require any reshuffling of the order? Where do you think you'll be coming in? Uh, he'll be up the top. He'll be opening for okay. us. So I'd imagine I'll be coming in, yeah, probably at number five. It really depends on how the power play goes. We're, we're pretty flexible in that big lineup yeah. when it comes to um, who goes in um, and where in the power play. So um, we've got to be flexible with that. But I think, um, generally speaking, in for me in the short format, I'm, my best role is, is finishing the innings. So um, I'll be batting around there for the Scorch this year. and I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. Um, just getting off the big bash for a little bit, you've actually personally made the decision to get off Twitter and haven't looked back, according to the interview, and uh, particularly timely, I guess, with the, the recent mental health issues facing a number of the Australian cricketers. Are you enjoying that little bit of peace and quiet without all the noise uh, surrounding it? Yeah, I haven't actually haven't had my Twitter for years now. Okay. Yeah, bad, been, bad info. <laughs> um, I don't miss it. I, I, just, I didn't really see the point in having Twitter. I don't yeah. really care when it comes to news and I don't need to read people spraying me. So uh, <laughs> Fair enough. it wasn't really a conscious de- decision to get off social media to not have to read the hate. I mean, if you're going to be on social media, you've got to be able to cop that. But yeah. I just didn't get much value out of Twitter and yeah, I certainly don't miss it. I enjoy Instagram though. Instagram's great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> do, some right, good, do some good work on there, mate. Um, <laughs> and uh, during the Ashes in England, um, you did that little press conference afterwards where you had a little joke about um, how most of Australia, you know, might not agree with this election sometimes. But have yep. you got, had a good reception from that, like opening up a, a bit and people just sort of saying that you're actually a real person and um, how's that been received? Yeah, it's 
um, it got a lot of traction in that press conference, and um, I didn't really mean for it to play out like that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I actually got a huge outpouring of support, certainly on social media, um, from um, Australian cricket fans, which is amazing. And yeah, yeah, really, I just hope that people could sort of relate to me in the sense that like, I'm a trier. I love it. I love working hard and love playing for Australia. So um, hopefully that inspires some people out there to just keep going when things get tough. And but I certainly didn't mean for the for the uh, press conference to get that much traction but uh, yeah I certainly had a lot of support which is great and I think there's obviously always talk about the negative um, comments and, and fans out there but there is a lot of support um, I, I always feel very supported and I've got great friends and great family and great people around me at the Wacker who um, show me plenty of support so um, it's not as bad as it seems I guess but um, yeah I've got a few haters out there <laughs> <laughs> it's good good a bit of yin and yang I like that and um <laughs> speaking speaking of Twitter, you can't really log on these days in the in the cricket world without seeing heaps of stats being tweeted out by companies like Crickviz and um, these sort of guys who take the the analysis of the game to a whole new level. And I think two, yep. the two Melbourne clubs have employed data analysts to help shape their decision making around bowling matchups and field placements, etc. Um, as skipper, how much of that sort of thing have you guys brought in at the Scorchers, and how much have you seen the game evolve in that space of late? Yeah, it's huge. Um, I think there's a, there's so much um, so much data out there that we're available to. Uh, it's about sourcing the right data and what's going to work for you and for me as a captain. Um, I've spent trying to spend my time whilst I've been injured, sort of been going through all the big bash teams and trying to come up with certain plans uh, for certain teams. And it, I just obviously I do that because it's my responsibility as captain. But I just enjoy um, trying to learn as much as I can. Um, I've, you know, T20 captaining is is uh, really hard at times. Um, mm. So I just want to be as prepared as I can for this. And um, with the amount of data and vision out there these days, it'd be stupid not to look into it. Um, our analyst, Dino, is, is Dean Plunkett. He's amazing. And it gives me plenty of um, information. So, yeah, it's great. But, um, yeah, I won't be getting any more information off of the Twitter sphere. Yeah. So on that, what sort of level of data do you actually take on board? Like, do you have notes for each each match or each player even or a certain field for each batsman or do you still play a lot of it by ear out on the field? Uh, I think it's a lot of the time you have plan A and yeah. a lot of the time plan A works, but it's about having plan B or plan C when things don't go right and mm. just being really clear and having clear communication with your bowlers and that's something that I'm still trying to learn. As a captain, you, it, it can get quite hard and it gets quite frantic at times At times, out in the middle. So it's about staying calm, um, making sure your bowlers are really clear at the top of their mark, what their plan is. And, um, you know, if it's a mis-execution thing, it's fine. Um, it's no point. You can't get angry at that on the field. That's T20 cricket. Some guys are going to hit. I mean, the amount of skill that's involved in these days in the game, sometimes you've got to appreciate that guys are going to play good cricket shots off you good balls and, and that's T20 cricket. Um, you hit the six, but as long as we're really clear on what we're trying to achieve at the top of our mark as bowlers and for myself as captain, I think that's really important. And then, yeah, the rest just happens and you go with it and it's all, all mm. good fun. Then. Yep. That's just the way it goes, yeah. Uh, the triple P, the preparation prevents piss poor performance actually there's more than triple p but uh yeah look i mean you got to prepare and, and you're going to get those <laughs> yeah you're going to get those people that are or guys in the big bash like Lindy and obviously ab coming through that are, yeah you know you just got to stand back and go oh, okay well yeah fair enough we did what we could but um all right mitch that's enough about the big bash um i want to i want to give this uh, a little little bit of a go it's a bit of a rapid fire segment mate because uh we have a friend 
who also considers himself as a bit of a genuine all-round package, all right? So he produces the yep. music for us here. Uh, he plays in a band. He can surf and he can actually hold a bat, but he actually knows very little about cricket these days. So right. he actually just wanted to get to know you a little bit more as a person and just like a true all-rounder. So these are basically okay. just some uh, some short answer survey style questions, all right? So you can choose to leave yep. them or just, uh, just uh, first thing that comes to your mind, all right? Okay. All right. How do you take your coffee? Uh... White. <laughs> Just a flat white? Straight flat white. Yep. Flat white. Flat white. And uh, a lot of ATARs. I think the ATARs came out today. Mitch, um, what's your ATAR like? ATAR? Oh, it used to be called something else, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's like the high school, the year 12 score. Yeah. Can't remember what it uh, is. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does no longer exist. Uh, do you think if you had a couple beers before a Big Bash game, you'd rather bat or field? Um, I reckon fielding would be pretty fun with all the music out there. <laughs> But uh, you'd also be pretty relaxed batting. Right? Yeah, yeah. True. Yep. Right in the zone. <laughs> How do you reckon your line yeah. and length would be? Um, I wouldn't care, really. <laughs> <laughs> Just be having fun. That's, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Have you caught up with the game changes on Netflix and do you buy into the plant-based diet? Um, I'm certainly not against the plant-based diet, but I – and I did watch it. I thought it was an uh, awesome documentary, but um, I enjoy a steak. Yep. Um, I enjoy meat, really. Too much to, to give it up, but I'm um, certainly not against people who are who are vegans. I think it's awesome. Now, Mitch Marsh, how many days are there in March, Mitch? Um, Thirty-one. Yeah, back Bang on. on. Well done. Yeah. Nails I the days. Did, I just I just did the knuckle trick. Yeah, yeah, knuckle, <laughs> knuckle trick. I do the same, mate. Um, all right, uh, this is a bit of an obscure one. In the Ricky Ponting 2005 cricket game, did you get around that at all? Back in the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, all right. Bit, yeah. So you know how the names are all like M. Clock and J. Giuseppe for like Gillespie yeah. and Clark. Yeah. How would you want yeah. your name to be changed slightly to avoid copyright? Uh, merch, merch. Merch, merch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, have you or would you ever own a cat? Uh, no, I no. hate cat. Good. All right. What about dog? Do you have a dog or? Um, I, I would absolutely love a dog, but yeah. um, with the amount of travel we do, it's a bit hard to... Uh, to look after yeah, absolutely <laughs> on the road too much well nah. Mitch I think that's a great place to wrap it up thanks so much for <laughs> taking the time you passed you pass the test mate I'll, uh, I'll pass those on to him alright yeah, we'll send you ATAR Beautiful. in the post yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, please do that sounds great <laughs> too easy mate um, really appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, good luck for the rest of the season we hope to see you out there uh, for the first game and uh, best of luck alright cheers guys appreciate it What a ripping bloke the bison Mitch Marsh is. Uh, thanks again to Mitch Marsh for joining us. Thank you, Mitch. Bit of uh, a great news that he's going to be straight back in for the Scorchers for their first game, the second game of the BBL. Unreal. I, and, I mean, that's that's almost breaking news. I, I haven't read that anywhere, but uh, I could be could be wrong. We, uh, no, that's, that's great to hear, and uh, hopefully Mitch can get back out there, and hopefully the game's going to go ahead, Denham, because there's a bit of smoke happening down in uh, in Sydney, as we as we touched on with Mitch. But we got some other news, and uh, yeah, if you're hanging around for this this part of the podcast, well done. And look, we've got a we've got a little bit to cover and some segments. The people wanted segments. We're going to give them some segments. Denim, what have we got in store? Yes, yeah, so I've teed up well, my first proper media watch. Ooh, I've yeah. just been sort of scouring the internet and the newspapers and the the bulletins mm. for some interesting pieces of news. And I've got someone in the crosshairs today. Someone I'm really going to line up and. Uh, yeah, just hold them to account for something they said online. Interesting. And then I believe you've got a little 
Brad Hollis inspired Good Boy, Good Boy. What's it called? The uh, Magic Fountain. Mag- the Magic Fountain, yeah. I was listening to Art versus Science uh, the other day and I thought that's, a, that's an appropriate name. I'm sure they won't mind if I nick that. But, uh, yeah, just going to delve a little bit into a bit of the, uh, the magical side of the game and uh, see if we can make some predictions based on that, Denim. We've got some news to cover off before we get into those segments. We, d- we did briefly touch on the smoke in Sydney, but let's, let's get a little bit more into that. There was an article that, uh, that you showed me just before I jumped on the pod, How to Protect Yourself from the Smoke in Sydney. Tell the listeners a little bit about what you've, what you've read. Uh, obviously, the bushfires going on there in New South Wales. Yeah, so New South Wales Health, uh, they recommend that the number one way to protect yourself from the smoke is to stay indoors and limit physical activity. So obviously mm. not too conducive with uh, cricket no. outdoors. Outdoors and definitely physical, physical. yeah. So that's probably a no-go. But they don't seem to be too concerned there. Cricket Australia, do you think they might be in a little bit of trouble if they let this game go ahead? And Look, I I just think in this climate of you've got leagues being held to account for concussions 30 years down the track and Mm. and these sort of scenarios, uh, it wouldn't surprise me in this PC society culture that we live in at the moment, but... Yeah, as you said, I don't think they're too, safety, too stressed reckon, about yeah. it. I, and also, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't go out and play if there was a I don't know a building site next door that was blowing asbestos over. I mean, it's I mean that's probably a different thing. But um, I mean, if it's if it's no visibility, player could get could get knocked over or that's um, true. Especially yeah, in, you never know. obviously in a night game. Yeah, uh, um, with the white ball, it's not too handy, is it? No, we'll see. We'll, hopefully the, the air clears up and hopefully the fires are, uh, are clearing up, staying safe. And, uh, yeah, shout out to you if you're listening from any of those affected areas. Um, so, Denim, we've also got some good news. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, he's going to come back and captain the Stars, which is fantastic to hear about. He's, uh, he's coming back from a mental health break and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's coming back and we'll uh, give the Stars a well-needed Boosts. Yeah, fantastic news. Probably the, the best piece of news I heard today. Second best was obviously Mitch Marsh connecting with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that's uh, on top of the list there. And then you've got, you got Maxi following no, close by. me on LinkedIn. I think he's off all socials, but he's, he loves his Instagram. That's um, okay. He does love his Instagram. Speaking of social media, Ricky Ponting got Twitter. Did you see that? Really? He's no, I didn't. Fired <laughs> up a Twitter account. I'm Mitch Marsh here. You, you check Twitter pretty much every day, don't you? Uh, well, someone's got to promote this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not me. Ricky Pony got Twitter. What's he been tweeting? Well, about? he's always he's never had social media. He's always been off it, and uh, he's he's pulled up a Twitter account. And last I checked, he was at twenty eight thousand followers in a day. Wow! He put up a cute little photo of his him and his son having a net. Real, yeah. real wholesome content coming from Punter, I reckon. Okay, real it's the wholesome. It's not going to be like confused. It's dad. Not be Shane Warne saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Shane, Shane Warne's description on his Twitter, his bio is lover of 80s music. Um, oh. And Punters was something like husband, father, before he even mentioned his cricketing yeah. or music taste. One's, so. one's more like a Tinder bio, the other one's more like a Twitter bio. And, uh, well, good on Punter for jumping on there. I don't know why. Just he's giving the people what they want, Punter. Plugging the, the punt. We've also got, uh, speaking of wholesome, well, we do have a Big Bash uh, Supercoach League that we're firing up. So if you do want to join, uh, I don't know, if you, if you started listening to this and expected us to be talking about Big Bash uh, Supercoach, uh, then we will, but only briefly because there's definitely podcasts and articles that are much more qualified to give that information than us. Um, but the code, if you want to join, and we will interview the winner on the podcast, 
just for a chat, basically, you know, just see how they're going. We may or may not play it. Probably Who just knows? do rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. I think that worked. Um, so 703111 is the code if you're a Big Bash Supercoach uh, player, and I'll uh, touch a little bit on that at the end of the pod. We've also got a few uh, few outs here, Denim. Um, some late drama uh, for the Renegades, which throws their plans into a bit of chaos. Usman Shinwari, who's just been called up uh, for his first test, I believe, and uh, Fahim Ashraf, who's playing domestically, now unavailable for the Renegades. And Gurney, our mate Mr Bean, is going to be playing out the whole tournament, which is good news for those uh, who have him in uh, the Supercoach teams. And they've also signed another bloke, Richard Gleeson, an English quick. You know much about him, Denham? Dickie Glee, yeah, 32 <laughs> years old. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a quick. Um, he's a bit of a quick. Like Dickie Knee, it's Dickie Glee. Took a six for uh, recently in first-class cricket there in England. But, mm. yeah, that's all about all I know. He goes at just around seven and a half and over, which isn't – for an international signing, you'd probably be wanting mm. a little bit more out of that. Obviously, they've had to scramble late to pick him up. Yep. And it's not ideal for them. They're defending champs, of course. So Yeah. It's not ideal, but at least they've got Gurney for the whole tournament. He's a good death bowler. But, yeah, that Shinwari absence is uh, quite costly. We should briefly touch on uh, the WBBL, which was actually a few days ago, almost a week ago now. But uh, congratulations to the Brisbane Heat uh, knocking off the Adelaide Strikers there, going back-to-back and uh, maybe potential for... A double double. It's yep. a good hallmark of uh, the uh, the men's team with the women's team winning. But uh, yeah, the WBBL has been a, a massive success this year. It's uh, growing exponentially, and the going standalone, I think, obviously played a massive part in that. The TV times weren't ideal for the finals early yep. in the morning. Not yep. sure if that's going to change. I think they had Love actually on on Saturday night on the main channel. Okay, instead of putting the cricket, like they, instead of moving the cricket to a, a primetime time slot, which is interesting. That's annoying, but, I mean, for those Love Actually fans, yeah, just go out and buy the DVD or watch it on demand. Jeez, what are we doing here? It's only like the 8,000th time that's been on <laughs> the box. So is that all the news? That's all the news, mate. Well, we better get into our segments that we touched on last week and mm. we've thought about them for about five minutes each, so... Give it a whirl, you first. Let's get into it. After you. It's GSP Media Watch with Denim. Now, Jake, with this segment, Media Watch, I'm going to try and do a few things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my eye across the media landscape and just try and bring you guys some interesting and amusing media coverage that catches my eye. Mm. But first and foremost, and only where appropriate, I would like to hold these members of the fourth estate, the media, Ooh. journalists, they need to be held to account because they're bastions of truth and it's plainly unacceptable in this age of fake news and malleable facts for them to be spreading misinformation. Oh, you better be careful, Denim. I can hear a chopper just above us there. I think they're, they're on to you, mate. But uh, no, the floor is yours. This is WikiLeaks. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, nah. all right, shoot from but, the hip. What do you got? But journalists are integral to a functioning society. Mm. So they should be upholding their duty in reporting things accurately. Anyway... I'm going to put this lecture on on 1.5 speed. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) This brings me to the case in point. Uh, Recently signed Adelaide Strikers bowler, Harry Conway. You know him? Oh, yeah. Harry Conway. He he bowls for New South Wales in the Sheffield Shield. And the other week, you would have seen he cleaned up the Queensland tail, took four wickets in an over, which is, in fact, the first time that four wickets has ever been taken in an over in first-class cricket in Australia. Mm. So a fair feat. And 
The over went wild online, not just because of the Herculean bowling feat, but mainly because Harry Conway, he gave each and every batsman that he got out an almighty send-off, oh, right? Oh, yeah, he did. He's turning around, gesturing in their direction and jumping around. Gesticulating. That's the word. <laughs> as they plotted off to, to the pavilion. Yeah. Now, for the record, I don't condone that behaviour and I think he was carrying on like a right royal knob. Pork chop. But in the aftermath... The sewer that is Twitter, everyone was having their say on Harry Conway and there was a tweet that caught my eye by Victorian journalist Megan Husswaite, who mm. you may have seen on Fox Sports SEN for the last decade. Someone's got to watch the media. Tweet read, can't imagine a Victorian bowler carrying on like this once or the leaders letting it go on for a further three times. Now, Megan, as a no doubt fastidious newshound, you'd be acutely aware of the things that I'm about to mention and hence... The judge and jury in this case, me, shall afford you very little leniency when considering the charge of flat-out lying to the public, to be, to be fair. That's a heinous charge. In the first instance, I can't accept your contention that you quote-unquote can't imagine a Victorian bowler carrying on like this once because, Jake, mm. I'm sure you would remember, Megan might have simply forgotten why Victorian fast bowler James Pattinson was suspended for a match less than one month ago. Mm. Do you remember why? Uh, was it for carrying Because he on? abused an opposing batsman oh. with a homophobic slur. Oh, wow. Harry okay. Conway waved goodbye to a few batsmen, but he didn't bloody abuse any of them about their sexual orientation, did he? No, he didn't, Dan. <laughs> was he suspended? No. Because maybe what he was doing wasn't to your taste, Megan, or anyone else, but it wasn't against the rules. So it just... It's hard for me to accept, Megan, your inability to even conjure up an image in your mind of a Victorian bowler conducting himself similarly to the way Harry carried on. Conway, this is. I can imagine it because I saw it less than 30 days ago. Anyway, (laughs) but look, look, I'm more than happy to forgiving that little misstep and giving this respected journalist the benefit of the doubt for the rest of her statement, which perhaps was accurate that the Victorian leaders wouldn't have let the behaviour of this type go on for a further three times. Oh, uh, I, I don't think they would have, Denham. Or the way would in they? Which, the way in which Megan constructed her tweet was she was implying that the Victorian leaders mm. would have a bit more integrity than the New South Wales hierarchy because they wouldn't have let that sort of thing recur. So perhaps Never. that could have been the case. But you may also remember, Jake, less I, than... I remember a lot, Denham. Only... <laughs> well, I'm starting to realise that. <laughs> Only weeks before Pattinson's little indiscretion, one of his leaders, indeed the leader of the Victorian side, mm. the captain Peter Hanscom, he took pot shots at the South Australian Redbacks during his press conference because they refused to declare early in the Shield match mm. to give Victoria a shot at victory on the final day. Right. After the Victorians batted for two days and made bloody 600. <laughs> give me a spell. <laughs> Peter, Megan, all of you, the Victorian leaders are going along blaming the opposition for boring matches after they bat for a month and make a thousand fucking runs. <laughs> integrity? I've got more integrity than these blokes and that's saying something. There's more visible sky in Sydney right now than there is integrity in these Victorian leaders. <laughs> Think before you tweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. Um, wow. Okay. So that's a 
that is a that is a fiery. Are you all right over there? Do you need a you need a water or? You, uh, you, it's good to let it out. Yeah, it's always good to let it Don't out. Don't hold it in. No, and and remember, think before you tweet. I think that's an important message for the people out there. Um, wow, that is that was Denim's Media Watch, and uh, yeah, oh. I don't know if I've got very far anywhere to go after that. No, I think you've really you've really set the bar high. So you in the rack there. No, yeah. <laughs> Not for every week, but uh, I, I don't know. Look, I mean, if there's something that catches your eye, mate, and that, that seems quite egregious, um, yeah, think before you tweet and uh, do your research, please, because otherwise Denim will find you and Denim will kill you. Not much gets past me, you know. Not much gets past you, mate. Um, all right. Let's, uh, geez, this is a tough act to follow. Let's rip into the magic fountain. Leg spin bowling. There was a lot of mysteries and a lot of different things being talked about. There's a bit in that, Harry. I reckon there's a little bit in that. All right, Denim. Welcome to the Magic Fountain. Oh, I feel um, I feel a bit tingly. Oh, do you? Is that probably because you just lost your marbles about twenty minutes ago? It's okay, Denim. Step inside the Magic Fountain. It's just a place where we're just going to explore some uh, some different theories and and concepts, and maybe you know, like uh, yeah, just just kind of find ourselves throughout the process. Are you ready? Just ground ourselves, yeah. meditate. Yeah, let's, let's come on the journey. Um, and there was a there was a BBL story quite recently actually, and it was um, it's about some yellow hats. Do you know what I'm referring to? Oh yeah, for the uh, leading run scorer and wicket taker. Mm, yes, so they're going to be starting to give out hats just as they do in the IPL and jerseys in the Tour de France. They've got the yellow hats, and as we know, yellow is a color of peace and prosperity. And is that right? Yeah, no, I'm not sure, but maybe like at, in this stage, yes, because in in the BBL this year, the yellow hats will signify the leading batsman and the leading bowler throughout the competition. Imagine that. I can. Mm. So let's just step into our magic fountain and talk about. Just before we do, let's take a deep breath in. Breathe out. <sighs> leading batsman for this. BBL campaign. Now, I, just, I looked inside the magic fountain and it spat something out of me. Yeah. Out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same space that I'm... <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> it's spat all over me because it's a fountain, obviously, and got a bit wet. Um, the Tour de France. I, I hark back through the history books. When the BBL started in 2010, the Tour de France was held and nearly half of the stage winners of the Tour de France... On that year, nine out of 20, their surname started with a C. The fountain looked at me, I gazed at it, it gazed back and then it spat at me again, or spat into me, <laughs> and I reckon I'm vibing. And the fountain also, <laughs> someone who's a little bit multi-talented at the top of the order, who can, who can ride that bike, maybe kick a football, maybe one Alex Carey with the last name starting with a C. Now, hear me out. After that first round by, he's going to skyrocket to the top of the standings. And then there's the, obviously the ODIs, which I didn't consider. <laughs> but then it's okay because I'm going to I'm going to say another another batsman is going to come out of the out of the fire with the last name of a C, and uh, it's going to be Hilton Cartwright. Hilton <laughs> Cartwright. <laughs> Dude, you need a new <laughs> <laughs> Leading bowler, take a take a deep breath in. Breathe out. 
So I'm still looking at the 2010 Tour de France, which had a had a cyclist in it, Denim. Mm. Would you believe his name was Matthew Lloyd? You're fucking joking. Yeah, Matthew Lloyd, Essendon fan over there. And I thought there was something in that. I thought there was a little bit of spirituality happening with the Lloydster who finished 43rd in the classification. And then I looked at 43 and I thought, that's my old football number. Uh, Anthony Kudafidis, Dylan Buckley. <laughs> and then it didn't really give me anything there. So I went down another path and the other path was Lloyd Pope. Matthew Lloyd, Lloyd Pope. For leading bowler, the youngster, the Pope figure, also a ma- magician, I guess, like Jesus is a magician as well. Yes. Maybe <laughs> something in that. Also, it wasn't just that. I asked the fountain, well, is, is it so unreasonable to to ask a, an, a 19, 20-year-old bowler to be the leading wicket-taker in the BBL? And the fountain said no, because Matthew Lloyd cycled for Omega Pharma Lotto, mm. which indicates it's going to be a bit of a lottery for the leading bowler this year. The hat will change hands. Heads. Very many times, yes. And the number of wickets, you asked, that Lloyd Pope will take? What do you think? Uh, 18. Uh, the same number as the great Matthew Lloyd. Sensational. Yeah, that's all I've got for the magic fountain. Just take a deep breath in and deep <sighs> breath out. And remember, mm. namaste. Namaste. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was oh, that was quite a journey, Denim. Do you feel Do you feel cleansed? Do you feel any sort of? I feel present in the moment. Yeah. Oh, so do I. I feel like I'm really, <laughs> really going on a bit of a roller coaster. This podcast, um, Denim, You've gone right up and right down. And, right uh, up, right down. I'm feeling like I, I need to uh, have a have a quick nap. So we'll we'll get through. We were going to go through our BBL Supercoach teams, but we we do realise there's a lot, there's way too much there and way too much to explore. So I think we'll just go through. There's actually a, a good fixture planner on Twitter. If you want to get your teams right, look at that. Look at the Fox Sports website with that Tim Michelle guy that we keep mentioning today. He's a BBL expert and a former winner of the fantasy comp, I believe, maybe. Could be. Don't know. Um, that might be why he knows things. So yeah, check him out. Um, there's a big guide on Fox Sports, but uh, yeah, seven zero three triple one. If you want to come in and have a have a giggle with us in the league, the Grab Some People League, and as we said off the top, we will get the winner on the show for an interview. A bit mm. of rapid fire. Yep. So bang, if you're bang. keen, if you've got a team, you might as well just whack it in another league. Seven zero three triple one. Easy to remember. Seven zero three triple one. Don't call that. Just put it in your. Who are two groups. players you've got locked in, Jake? That you uh, definitely are having in your team to start off with. Uh, two players that I'm definitely starting with. Uh, captain, I think you might have the same actually. Uh, Tommy Curran because he's got a double game week uh, first up, and then maybe a little bit more of a unique one. I've gone with. Zahir Khan from the Brisbane Heat. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, Warnie gave him a big rap, and I don't usually like to listen Warnie to Warnie gives out raps experts. like they're going out of fashion, mate. <laughs> gives out raps like Subway. Um, no, I, I think I think Zahir Khan might be uh, a bit of a unique pick there. I might be wrong, but, uh, yeah, I've locked in those two. What about yourself? Like it. Yeah, Karan as well. Um, I'm thinking Usman Kowaja would be a good pick. He'll Ooh. probably be there for the yep. bulk or all of the tournament, and mm. uh, he's got a really, really good record. Uh, and then Tom Banton's another one. Yep. Uh, batsman, pretty, pretty cheap-ish. And I yeah, heard good things about the old Tom. Definitely. So if you if you do want to check out our teams after the first week, of course, get your teams in, get locked into that league, and then uh, obviously you can see our teams after and uh, probably beat us, I reckon. So, Denim, 
just before we uh, we leave you for this week, and I hope you've enjoyed the the interview and uh, whatever the fuck that was before. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll run through the games uh, up until the weekend, and then uh, we'll do a little bit more of an in-depth preview of the weekend games, just for because that's probably when most people are going to be watching um, on future podcasts. That is today. Oh yeah, yeah. Today we'll give you a tip for all the the games that kick the season off because obviously they're huge, and then also the weekend games. But going forward, mm. I think just to keep it a bit tighter, we'll we will tip most of the games, but we'll only really talk about the ones coming up on the weekend because they're. They're the primetime blockbusters that we'll all be sitting down to watch. And the Big Bash is, it's, you know, this time of year coming up, it's on, it's ubiquitous, it's always there. It's like wallpaper. You don't notice it, but it's there. It's a safe place. If you really look at it, it's quite interesting. But If you want, tune in and out as you wish. Um, First game, Denham, Brisbane Heat versus the uh, Sydney Thunder in Brizzy. Um, You know my thoughts about the Heat, Mm. and I think they're going to get their campaign off to a bang. I'm going to tip the Heat there. Yeah, the Heat didn't have a great record at... Uh, at the Gabba last year. They did mm. have a few wins there at the back end, but, yeah, I'll back them in. They've got a good list. No AB as yet, but I'll mm. back them in for now just because they're at home. Hot start. Uh, Sydney Sixers hosting the Perth Scorchers, Mitchie Marsh's Perth Scorchers. If that game goes ahead, obviously, uh, it's looking like it will at the moment. I'm going to go with the Scorchers. Plainly because we had Mitch on the podcast. (laughs) I've got sixes written here and I've had sixes all the whole week and I'm going to go for the Scorchers. Okay. (laughs) We are massive turncoats. Um, If you come on our podcast, we'll tip your team. Third game, Renegades versus the Sydney Thunder in Geelong. Sydney got a game under their belt there, the Thunder. Sydney, I think I've got three in the first five days or something, so they're going to be... Gassed. Gassed, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely gassed. Um, yeah, look, I'll tip the, tip the non-gassed team, the Renegades. Even though they've only had a couple of those squad players, I think they might get off to a hot start, the defending champs, in Geelong. Yeah, just because it's in Geelong, I'll agree with you, but I am worried about their squad given the recent news. Mm, definitely. Then Friday Night Lights, Hobart Hurricanes are playing the Sydney Sixers, and that one's actually in Alice Springs. Oh, at 2.15, which is also a Friday night oh, game. <laughs> Stitch you up there. Uh, there's two games on the Friday there, Denim. Um, sure thing. So the other game that no one will be watching. Uh, we got Yeah. Uh, let's go the Sixers. Don't know why. Just got a feeling. I will say the Sixers as well. Okay. Uh, Bev won't be happy about that. The night game, which is in Carrara. Uh, yeah. The Heat versus the Stars. Big clash. Don't know why Big. they're playing a Friday night game in Carrara, but there you go. Yeah, I like the Stars. I've said it all along. I'll back the Stars in with Maxi coming back to captain them for their mm. first game. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Heat in their first game. That might change my mind. But I'll stop sitting on the fence and just say Stars. Stars. All right. Uh, we've got the 21st, which is a Saturday, uh, 5.40 game in Canberra. The Sydney Thunder playing again against uh, the Adelaide Strikers in their first game. I think they're going to be a bit torched after that as well, and I reckon they're going to go 0-3, and the Strikers will win that one. Strikers, yep. Yep. Then a night game in Perth, the Scorchers hosting the Renegades on Saturday night, 21st, four days before Chrissy. Is that one in Perth? That's in Perth. Scorchers. Scorchers, and I think they will win that pretty handily over there. Geez, I, I thought the Scorchers might do badly, but now that Mitch Marsh has come on the podcast, I think they're going to run away <laughs> with it. Um, this is a good one. Uh, the 22nd of December on a Sunday, 
the Melbourne Stars versus the Hobart Hurricanes in, can you guess where? Melbourne. Mowy. Right. It's in Mowy. Yeah, I think Victoria that it's somewhere. in it's in Victoria, yeah, but it always hosts like rural race days and stuff like that. I don't know why they're playing it there, but it's the middle of the day and it's on a Sunday, so why not? And for that reason, I'm going to tip the Hobart Hurricanes to punish the Melbourne Stars for running away from their traditional home. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> There's not much behind these tips, is there? It's just a bit of a gut feel. Um, for analysis, you have come uh, to the definitely the wrong place. Badly mistaken, and I'll say the stars. Sunday night, Sixers versus Heat in Sydney. What's your tip for the last game of that coming weekend? Yeah, I'll say the Heat, but uh, them, the Sixers and the Thunder, really a lot of cricket in the first couple of days for those guys. It's a bit of a festival of Big Bash to kick us off. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we've got games coming out of our ears and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us for our next episode where we'll uh, tackle a little bit more of the uh, in-depth previews of the games rather than just a little bit of a gut feel. Um, but, uh, we would have seen some performances yeah. that uh, bring those to you in a bit of a... An analytical way. Yeah, we're of kind sorts. of we're kind of batting in the dark here um, a little bit with with some of these teams, and uh, we'll, we'll see how they structure up for the first couple of games, and then uh, hopefully give you a little bit more analysis. But uh, we'll be looking forward to the first week uh, coming on the seventeenth of December. It's on a Tuesday. Remember that one, Denham. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. So uh, set your DVRs or whatever you use uh, these days. To remember things. I don't know, phone maybe. Reminder, Siri. Oh. Tell Siri. Tell Siri or Apple or uh, Google mm. or uh, even Alexa if she's still kicking around. That's all we've got time for today at uh, Grab Some People Studios. Thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, reach out, grab some people. On We're at GSP Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That's GSP Podcast. Congratulations if you've made it to this uh, section of the podcast. We will be getting hopefully some more guests on throughout the season. Should we get on, I don't know, Alan Border or bloody, I don't know, Shane Warne? What do we got? What do we got next in store? It just happens organically. <laughs> it's always happening organically. Remember that. Namaste and uh, enjoy your morning, afternoon or evening. Just run in there and um, I try to throw the ball to Bobby Quine and the next minute I, I, I just try and get out the way of a bat, but you know.